Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can find the show online at buildingthefutureshow.com or follow me on Twitter at Building Show. You can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I'm excited to announce that I'm now a brand ambassador for the Business Rock Summit in Manchester, England, April 21st and 22nd, where Steve Wozniak is headlining. More details at business-rocks.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Alex Coleman, founder of Self-Taught Coders. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no problem. I, I think um, what you're doing with Self-Taught Coders and your uh, course is, is actually really interesting and much needed in the industry, and that's why I wanted you to uh, be on the show. So, But before we kind of get into that, maybe we talk about kind of where you grew up. Sure. So... Um... I was born in Maryland, uh, sort of in between Baltimore and D.C., okay. but moved up to north of Philadelphia, actually, when I was around six years old. Um, so I grew up there for uh, my whole life until I went to college, um, which was in Boston, actually. Interesting. Okay. No, that's cool. So are you in Boston currently? I'm not. I've... Uh, I've been following around my wife as she's been pursuing and just recently got her PhD in psychology. Oh, um, nice. So I was in Boston for 10 years. Boston sort of was my adult home um, for a long time. Uh, so I was there for 10 years. Last year was right outside of Chicago for a year, and now I'm actually in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, wow. So you've been kind of all over the States. Yep. <laughs> no, that's good. That's awesome. That's what. I, that's the interesting thing I find about um, Americans just being Canadian is you guys seem to move around the country quite a bit and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been fun. I mean, we've been in, uh, quite, quite a few different parts of the country at this point. So it's, it's really cool to be in different places, meet different people and, you know, see different parts of the country. Sure. No, that's awesome. So I'm curious then, how did you get into technology? So, I grew up with a dad who was sort of an early adopter of all things. Right. Um, he didn't start out career-wise. He's an electrical engineer by trade and uh, actually has a bachelor's in physics, but he was always into new technology. So I, you know, my first computer, for example, was a Commodore 64, right. um, and I have I have very fond memories of playing Duke Nukem in my basement on that computer. <laughs> What an, an incredible game. Yep, totally. I remember playing that like religiously as a kid. So good. The, the side-scrollers. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we had one of the first Nintendos. And then I remember, you know, by far the, the best Christmas present I've ever gotten was a Super NES. So sure. I've sort of always, always been there. Um, you know, my dad was always building his own computers, um, letting me follow along and, and help out and stuff like that. So I sort of I developed a passion you know, alongside him. No, that's awesome. It, it makes total sense. I'm kind of the same way. Like my dad worked for the government up here and every weekend he used to bring home one of the like Apple twos and I used to play like Stratego on that and like black and white. It was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious then kind of where did you go to school? So I went to school at Northeastern um, in Boston and I, again, fo following my dad's footsteps who also went there. Uh, and I went for information science and ended up tacking on a, a dual major in cognitive psychology. Okay. So, so I did a handful of programming classes, but also did you know a bunch of sort of IT stuff. Um, and actually, I 
I ended up getting sort of bored with some of the technology classes to the point where that's when I decided um, I would pursue. I had taken a couple of psych classes, psychology classes as electives, and I was like, yeah, this is you know really interesting stuff. And you can see sort of connections. The, the, the best way I can describe the, the intersection of technology and, and psychology is our artificial intelligence is a good sort of intersection there. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I, so I ended up dual majoring in, in information science um, and, and psychology at Northeastern. Okay. So kind of after school, then what did, what did you end up doing once you graduated? So I guess to, to go back for a second, Northeastern runs what they call a co-op okay. program, which is basically after our first year, after freshman year, uh, we worked six months and then went to classes for six months, okay. which was absolutely fantastic, actually. And when I graduated from college, uh, there was a downturn in the in the job market, but most of the people I graduated didn't have much trouble because at that point, I didn't have much trouble finding jobs because... You know, we had years of, of job experience at that point. Sure. Uh, no, that's awesome. I, I don't think a lot great. of post-secondary education institutions do that. Yeah, and a lot of the people that I, uh, you know, talk to, I have relatives now who are younger than me going to college, and I'll ask for advice. And my biggest piece of advice is always, if it's not built into your school, make sure you do internships. Sure. Because experience is sort of paramount. Yeah, especially kind of in the tech space and, you know, the web space right now is there's a lot of guys that never go to school that are awesome, right? And they just kind of Absolutely. self-taught themselves or, you know, they just started right out of high school and kind of went right into programming or being a designer or something like that. So, you know, it's it's interesting how kind of people's backstory and how they got started. And I think for sure being an intern places is definitely very good start and a good thing to have on the resume. Absolutely. And that actually, so that'll lead nicely into, into this the next thing that I wanted to mention was that while I was while I took a handful of programming classes while I was in school, I wasn't really drawn to them um, for whatever reason. They just they they really weren't my favorite. Um, and with that said, we didn't do too much web development. Um, which okay, is what I'm in now, and what I'm certainly most invested so in. So, what languages were they teaching you then? We were doing. Um, Things like Scheme. We were doing a lot of Java. Oh, okay. I could see why, like, if you're not, I could see why you, you potentially didn't like a language like Java. Right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't unhelpful by any means. And again, I wasn't a computer science major. Right. They, Fair. They, they would have done um, much more. But, but yeah, so, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't drawn to programming. Um, my internships, actually, were in more, sort of more IT positions, which I also wasn't particularly thrilled with, but it just so happened that right when I graduated, one of the professors that I had taken a class with said, hey, well, you know, I know you're a good student um, and you're obviously, you know, tech savvy. I have a friend, an adult friend of hers, of my professors, who wants to get a startup off the ground. Are you interested in, in meeting him and checking it out and chatting and seeing what it's all about? I said, sure. You know, I hadn't lined up a full-time job at that point got, coming out of school. Um, and I figured it's generally never hurts to meet with someone and, and chat about stuff. So yeah, totally. It can't be bad, right? Absolutely. So I went and met with him and he pitched this sort of idea to me and was like, Hey, well, do you think you can build this thing for me after he goes through a hundred slide PowerPoint about his whole application idea? 
And I said, sure, why not? Thinking, <laughs> thinking to myself, what's the worst that can happen? I'll That's absolutely, awesome. I'll learn, learn some stuff. If I bomb it, so be it. If not, you know, this could be, this could be interesting. So I went home knowing from that meeting, knowing next to nothing about web development and proceeded for the next week or so to work nonstop learning as much as I possibly could, teaching myself everything I could to build an initial very small one page sort of minor prototype of one of the screens in his application. Um, and I, after that week, I, I went back to him and said, hey, this is what I got. And he said, all right, sounds good. Let's uh, get to work. That's <laughs> awesome. That turned into two and a half years of, of building a startup and of my journey as a self-taught web developer. No, that's awesome. So um, how did you kind of start self-taught coders then? Was that right after that project or was there some other project kind of in between? So, so after that, I worked for him building that startup for two and a half years or so. Okay. Um, and then we eventually parted ways just based on differences and how we saw things going with the company. Sure. It, happens. Uh, it, it was a very intense sort of stint. And I decided at that point I had, I learned a boatload though. Um, you know, working very intense hours for two and a half years, teaching myself everything I, I possibly could, um, leading the tech for this entire company. So that was fantastic. But I sort of, I, I wanted a break. So what I did was took a job at a smaller company leading their web operations. Right, um, okay. Which was cool because, you know, at that point I had the expertise to, to do that. Um, so that, always sort of knowing that I would want to strike back out on my own. Um, so I did that for, sort of caught my breath for a year, uh, did that and eventually started moonlighting and taking on freelance gigs, uh, doing freelance consulting web development. Okay. And very quickly realized that I could turn that into a full-time operation. Um, so within the, the last month that I was at that company, um, I had just, I continued to build up a, a stable of, of clients and then eventually gave notice and struck out as a full-time consultant in web development. Okay. So then what made you start uh, Self-Taught Coders? Was it while you were still freelancing or did you kind of stop freelancing and moonlighting and, and started that? Or, or kind of tell me kind of the starting of that. Sure. So, so actually what happened was someone approached me with a consulting gig and it was like, hey, we, so um, it's, it was the small um, architectural firm. Okay. Uh, they actually work on, they do sign fabrication and, and design in the architecture space. And they came to me and said, we have this idea for this application and we want you to help. It was a, a father and son team. Um, and they wanted the son to, they wanted me to to bring me on to help the son learn to build their application. So he, he didn't have the technical experience. Um, so they wanted me to basically help them bring to fruition a first version of this application that they, they had the idea for what, and at the same time throughout the process, teach the, their son how to, how, how the application was built and how everything's being done. Okay. So, so that was a very, interesting and uh, they're still a client to this day i still work with them oh awesome um, but that was uh, it, it was a fantastic experience um i have always naturally sort of gravitated towards teaching um and 
helping people learn things. So this was just a very cool culmination of a lot of different skills. I get to, you know, do the web development stuff, of course, but also teach it to someone else at the same time. And how did you go about teaching hit to somebody like did he literally sit next to you and kind of like pair program a little bit or kind of maybe talk a little bit about the process of how you kind of taught him sure no so it was actually all remote or most of it was remote I'm okay um we did a few initial sessions where i helped them plan out the whole application sort of storyboarding um, wireframing uh bigger picture type stuff okay and then i drew out or wrote out a pretty extensive it ended up being sort of lesson plan for him um starting with walking him through setting up a development environment uh, moving on to creating the initial application and then pretty much putting together what was amounting was quickly amounting to a, a book or a course on how to build an application interesting okay so you kind of fell into it a little bit i guess i, I did it, it it almost just it almost just happened on its own uh, you know, as I'm doing that, I'm like, well, why don't I just expand this a little further and, you know, I can write a book. Yeah, no, I, I totally, that's interesting to me how like sometimes it just happens to you and you don't really see it coming, right? Or or choose down that path. Yeah, absolutely. So then what exactly is Self-Taught Coders? So Self-Taught Coders is sort of a community at this point where I share a lot of knowledge on a lot of different topics around you know, growing and, and becoming a self-taught web developer uh, from from the programming itself all the way through all the sort of the more intangibles or, or the more non-programming aspects like, you know, preparing your physical environment, dedicating the, the time to doing things, um, you know, uh, the again, the programming itself, but also things like recently, for example, I, you know, wrote an article on how you can look at someone else's code and go through it and gain an understanding for it. Um, but things like that, that that generally will help people build up knowledge and experience if they're interested in teaching themselves how to how to code and how to become a web developer, sort of you know following some similar path to what I've done. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. So maybe let's talk about kind of your first course idea to launch and kind of like Obviously, you kind of mentioned quickly like why you started it and whatnot, but kind of what exactly is it? Sure. So, so from my data launch, actually, born out of that that consulting gig, I, I ended up writing a book, and that was a book that that walked someone through building a complete application in a a framework, a PHP framework that's actually a little outdated now called Code Igniter. So right, yeah. this this new course is called From Idea to Launch, and it's based on the most modern PHP framework called Laravel. And it's it's geared towards guiding someone, towards helping someone become a self-taught web developer and learning by doing. So what I do is throughout the course, I start with helping someone, first of all, come up with an idea for their own application. Right, um, which is super important. It is super important, and it it seems like one of these super trivial things. Yep. Actually, a lot of a lot of things in, in programming, uh, people take for granted. So I guess that's that's sort of paramount to everything I do. I try not to take anything for granted because there are a lot of moving parts to to learning how to do this stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, I put together a framework to help people generate ideas for their own application, 
and then narrow down those ideas and ultimately pick one and then run it through this this quiz essentially that I made up to make sure that it'll work. Um, you know, it's, it's viable. It, it'll work well as a web application. Right. Uh, no. So, so the, the course, again, it's, it's around building, teaching someone to build an entire application, but it's around building your own application, something that's based on your own idea that you actually care about. Because one of the things that I found is you're way more likely to, stick with something and learn it well if you know if you're if you're working on something that you actually you know care about sure no i think that's actually really good because i've sat in just courses over the years or even when i was going to school where a lot of people especially if you take like a night course on something is you're right they have like something that they're trying to build and they're taking a php class or, or whatever language it is because they're like well i have this product and i need these features and i don't know where to go and they take these classes. So I think what you're doing with uh, Idea to Launch is is much needed and, and that's really why I wanted to have you on the show because I think not really a lot of people, if anybody is covering kind of from idea to product in, in a course and I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the there are other options uh, like the Code Academies of the world, for example, they, they, they have their place but I find that so many people will go log on to one of the bigger sites like that, complete a few lessons and have this quote unquote knowledge that they then don't, don't know what to do with it. They, they don't know how to move forward, what the next steps are. Sure. And I think part of the problem too is like I'm a designer and I've tried to learn programming and I understand it at a very like a basic level. but. My, my problem is, is I don't program every day. So I lose it. I forget about it. Like I've probably tried to learn PHP dozens of times and it's just like, you know, I learn and I build something small and then I don't touch it for a year. And then I try to go back at it and I'm like, huh, what did I do? What is this happening? Like, so I just, it, it totally makes a lot of sense that if you have a project that makes sense and you're passionate about, you'll keep at it. You'll learn more and there's so many good resources online and people willing to help as well. So you can, you know, keep learning and going while you're building your, your product. Absolutely. And so the other, the other part of the course, so it's, it's a completely online course. It's okay. video based. Um, there's a whole custom interface that I built with based on a, a lot of things that I've learned in, in terms of teaching people how to learn to program. Um, but in addition to that, there's also, I also run a community right with everyone else who's a part of the course okay which so, is go ahead no i was just going to say just kind of elaborate on what exactly the community does and who's it for yeah absolutely so it's for all the people who are part of the course um, okay because one of the one of the biggest things uh, the other biggest things i found is that when you know you need help when you're learning to do something this big it it doesn't matter how naturally talented you are or what you're trying to learn. If you're trying to learn a skill that's as big as web development, for example, sure. you, know, you need you need assistance. You need that, that community backing. So the idea behind the community is that everyone who's a part of the course is also a part of this community. And it's run on Slack right now. Okay, and, yeah. And I'm... For, for those who don't know what Slack is, it's a chat application that you can either kind of message a group of people, you can create smaller groups, or you can direct message people. Yeah, it's sort of sort of today's age chat room. Yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah. totally fair. Or like a better IRC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
so yeah, so everyone who's a part of the course is also a part of the community. I'm always in the community. Um, there are always people there, you know, sharing ideas, talking with each other, getting support, getting help. Um, and I run, I run different groups and different monthly events right now as well. And I'm actually working on sort of the, the version two, if you will, of this course. I originally launched it about four months ago or so. So I've been refining and, and working on some more things. We're going to introduce mastermind groups, I think, soon. Okay. Um, so that people will have smaller groups to work with because uh, it just that ends up being a great way to share ideas and stay accountable and, you know, keep on top of your own progress. Like, like you were saying, I mean, part of, part of the, the trick to learning anything like this, I guess, is, is sticking with it is making the progress, you know, day after day, week, week after week to make sure that everything doesn't, doesn't go by the wayside, fall by the wayside. I know. And I think part of the problem too, is I kind of feel bad for people getting into the industry right now is there's so many layers nowadays. Like when I started, it was, okay, you had HTML and there was no CSS and then CSS yeah. got invented and now there's, you know, SAS and there's so many layers and then, you know, JavaScript and all this stuff. And just like, you kind of need to learn, you know, a handful or, or a couple of handfuls of things before you can even build something. So I think just having a support group to reach out to, because sometimes you, you can be looking at code and, you know, for hours and you can't figure out what's wrong. And then you just like get a second set of eyes and they're just like, oh, you missed a comma here or period or, yeah. you know, semicolon. Well, probably not a period, but you know what I mean? If I'm looking to take the course, do I need a background in, in kind of web development or who's it kind of for? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's definitely for tech savvy people who want to learn web development and are interested in building their own things on the web. But like you were sort of just alluding to, you know, one of the, so I talk to people all the time, obviously, running self.coders. Sure. Um, I'm always corresponding with people who are learning, who are at various different stages. And one of the other things that, you know, you hear all the time, like you were just saying, everything's so complex now. It's like, it's hard to, if you're starting out on your own, if you're not going through, say, a college course or a one of the, the in-person boot camps, it's it's hard to put together a quote-unquote curriculum for yourself. You know, where do you where do you start? What do you learn? Um, what do you learn first? Uh, sure. How? Yeah. What What's the progression look like? So, and even when I was when it was easier, like you were just talking about, when it was more just like, you know, JavaScript and HTML and CSS, and that was. That was it. Besides your your other language, eight or so years ago, um, it was still difficult to to figure out you know what the quote unquote right things were to learn. So sure. that's that's a lot of what the course itself is is sort of structured around. I I, I give the path literally from start to finish. Uh, you you can sort of approach it um, with. With different levels of of knowledge, I mean, it would be helpful to have some understanding of of how websites work at a basic level, and maybe you know have have touched a few lines of of code before, even even if it was just HTML or CSS or something like that. But I really do walk you through and teach all of the fundamental skills as you build the application. No, that's awesome. So really, anybody can start. It's just it's helpful if you've tried a little bit of HTML and CSS before. 
Really, and and really, I, I guess the biggest qualification would probably be non-technical in that you're willing to put in the time. It sure. Take, it takes time. It takes dedication. You're not going to just do this for five minutes once every two weeks and make a lot of progress. That that won't happen. So, I mean, if, you, if you're actually interested in learning, though, and sitting down consistently and, and working on, on things, yeah, just about, just about anyone in terms of technical experience. Yeah, and I, th- I think the thing to mention – like I figured it out. This is my 20th year in, in this industry. And I'll openly admit that I still have no clue what I'm doing some days, you know? Absolutely. So, and I think that's important to mention to people that, you know, people that have been in it for long periods of time are still learning. They're still struggle with things. They still don't have all the answers. They still are, 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 you know, sometimes they're just like, I'm completely stuck on this and I have no idea. And you need to ask either, a coworker or, you know, I, I, and that's why I love the, the community that you're building because not all, you can't always get a specific answer on, on Stack Overflow. Like I use it all the time. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to slag on them at all, but sometimes they don't know exactly what you're trying to do. And it takes a long time to kind of get an answer or, you know, put enough together that somebody can give you the answer you're looking for. Where if you have a community that understands exactly what you're trying to do because they're in the course with you as well. And I get you are probably building different products, but they at least understand what you're trying to do because you kind of have a a level ground, you know, and I think just being able to reach out to somebody and get answers and support is hugely beneficial. And like, I've always kind of heard as a running joke, it was kind of like if you're a designer or developer and you can't figure out something, it's kind of like the, the best designers and developers are the ones that go to either a coworker or somebody they think that could give them the answer right away and then write to Google. It's like, how fast can you say like, who, who can give me the answer or I'm going to start Googling this. Right. Yeah. And I mean, one of the, the other things of so that combined with the fact that I have gone through this personally. I mean, I, I, I went sure. through this whole, whole journey. I, I remember what it was like to be a beginner Sure. Um, and you, you really, like you were just saying, you never, you never know everything. It's absolutely impossible, especially in a field like this where things literally change every minute of yep. every day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was one of the, the other sort of things, even on stack, stack overflow, sometimes you'll get these answers that either are filled with, you know, disdain for the fact that, oh, I can't believe you, you didn't know this or, you know, it's, when you know when you're when you're beginning when you're when you're starting out it it goes a long way to be interacting with and working with other people who understand what it feels like to to be just starting out or to be a beginner totally no i I think that's that's really good advice so i'm curious then how do i get started with idea to launch sure so on the self-taught coders site uh, there is a course link, and that will direct you, send you right to the From Idea to Launch page. So what's the URL of that? It's self.coders.com okay, is and the main site. And I'll post that link in the show notes as well. And then you can just use the course link up the top, and I will set up a, a special link with a discount for all the members of your show, all the people listening to the show. And they'll be able to access the course page. And by the time this is released, I'll have all of the sort of, like I, like I mentioned, version two features and everything ready to go um, with all, all the new community aspects and, you know, brand new revamped course interface. So 
Awesome. So yeah, if you go to buildingthefutureshow.com under past shows and you go to Alex Coleman, I'll post that link um, to the course and website. And then later um, when Alex mentions all his social media and other things, I'll, that'll all be there as well. So I'm curious then, you mentioned kind of about having a pas- passion for helping people and, and teaching, obviously, because you're, you put out a book and courses. Like, what is it about helping people that that you love so much i just think that in general if you are working on something that you're passionate about that you should share as much of your knowledge as you possibly can and that's sort of what i try to operate around i mean the majority of the the knowledge that i have in terms of web development I give away for free on selftalkcoders.com. For example, this this course is the only thing that that I even sell that's that's even even paid. Um, and I just think that in today's day and age, there's so much information available, but there seems to be this sort of gap in helping people put the information that's available to use. Agreed. So you can go on the internet and find just about anything. Uh, but when you talk about going on the internet to, to find anything or look anything up, a, a lot of times you're, you're reading information or you're, or you're reading facts. And that's, that's very different than actually turning that into usable knowledge and, and skills. Uh, and, you know, I, I think there's just, again, there's, that's, that's where we can make the biggest impact. So no matter what it is um, that you're passionate about, if you're passionate about playing guitar or skateboarding, there are plenty of people out there guaranteed that would love to learn more about how they can actually learn to do those things. So, you know, since I, I happen to be passionate about web development and I like, I like teaching people and I want to give back as much as I can. So I sort of focused a lot on that, that intersection and tried to help people as much as possible, put, um, le- not only learn things, but, but put them to good use and make an impact in their lives. Um, because I think that's one of the most amazing things about having all this knowledge available is that, you know, we have a lot of choices now. So, No, I, I think that's awesome. And I, I love the idea of kind of giving back the knowledge that, you know, you've learned and kind of talking about your experiences and whatnot. And I know there's all the people that say, oh, like, you're, aren't, don't you worry that they're going to take your job or something? And my response is always kind of like, well, I've done that already. I'm on to the next thing. It's like, right. I'll tell you how I did something that I'm not really working on anymore because I probably will never go back there. Or, you know, like, it just seems kind of counterproductive, right? Yeah, and honestly, no, I'm, I'm never worried about that because, one, if generally someone's not going to copy your idea straight up you know, one for one exactly. or something like that. And two, frankly, a lot of people just, they're, they're not going to even use the information. I, you you got you to gotta realize that the minority or the majority of the people aren't going to even consider, you know, quote unquote, copying what, what you're doing. So um, and there are always more, more people out there that are, that are truly willing to, to learn and aren't just, you know, looking to. And I mean, I guess in, in the field of tech, straight up, copying something generally isn't really even feasible so yeah because you have like a what a six month maybe year window where if you rip off somebody you can basically you could potentially do better or good with that because things are changing so fast 
Yeah, and I mean, and and ideas change just as quickly. So honestly, I pretty much all for always sharing everything because almost a hundred percent of the time, if not a hundred percent of the time, it turns into a good conversation. It does doesn't turn into someone trying to rip rip off your ideas. So. No, totally, that makes sense. And I think part of it too is you're just inspiring other people to to follow what they want to do. Right, majority of the time, like you said, is they don't even really care to copy what you're doing. They just want to get information about how to do their own idea. Right, exactly. And and that's that's sort of been great at helping to empower people and see them working on something that they, you know, actually care about. There are so many there are so many learn to program type courses and programs out there that are based around, you know, built I'm sure plenty of people listening have seen the build a to-do list application. Yep. Frankly, I don't give a shit about building a to-do list application, but I do love the idea of coming up with my own idea and building that. Uh, no, it's just way more exciting. Totally. I, I think that's that's super important. So I'm curious then, what have you learned from helping other people? Um, that everyone learns in different ways, but that there are certain things that are equally helpful for almost everyone. Um, and a few of those, I guess, that that come to mind are to not make assumptions, like we were sort of talking about before. Don't, don't assume that people know certain things, um, because one, it's really unnecessary, and two, it just leads to not as good of an experience. If someone really knows something, Generally, in this day and age, it's pretty easy to skip over, you know, that section of, of whatever you're, you're telling them. Sure. Um, and then I guess the, the other big piece is sort of what we've, we've talked a, a lot about already is that having a community behind you to rely on, to go for, for advice, to provide advice, someone to sort of, or a group to, rather to, to grow with as you're, as you're learning something this big is extremely motivating it's, it's extremely helpful it's extremely comforting honestly to know that you have have people to to turn to and go ahead no i was just going to say I, th I think the other thing too is having a community at least for me always is kind of made like if i feel like i'm kind of accountable to somebody or something even if even if like i'm working on my own startup and you're working on a startup and it doesn't like if your going live date and my going live date doesn't have anything to do with each other because we're working on two separate products. But if I can tell you, I can say, Alex, look, in 30 days, I'm launching this new feature. And I kind of tell that to you and other people. I feel like I need to kind of deliver on that. Yeah, right? it's it's sort of social responsibility at that point. You put yourself out there. Yeah. And I think that's super important. And, and part of Part of the thing that I like about doing the radio show so much is I'm accountable to, you know, the radio station and the listener on a weekly basis to come up with a new episode. And if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would ever I would never get these episodes out because it was just like, oh, I'll do that later. But later never comes. Right. I mean, absolutely. I, I do it that every day. I mean, I, I work from home. So things like for example, launching this second version of this course. I mean, I have a a mapped out chart on the wall with dates about everything that I need to do because 
it, the work doesn't just do itself, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, wake up and do it every day and setting those guidelines for me is, is just absolutely necessary. I mean, you need, you need, need something to, to work towards pretty much. Sure. So I'm, I'm curious then how do you motivate yourself to kind of, you know, cause you work, like you mentioned, you work from home. Like how do you motivate yourself to actually work when you're at home? Cause there's potentially other distractions. Sure. I mean, I've just, it's been a while now. Um, and the first thing that I tell people when they ask me that question is one, you have to, if you're going to work from home, you have to like what you're doing. You, you have to, you have to really like your job. You have to be passionate about it, excited about it. Cause otherwise like you, like you just said, you can find any number, hundreds of things to distract you to prevent you from doing work while you're at home. Well, even sitting um, in front of a laptop, you know, even at work or work, if you're working from home, like you can check social media, you can surf the internet. There's a million things just even being connected to the internet I find is distracting some days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why there are programs like, what is it, Rescue Time or something yeah, yeah, that yeah. you self-block yourself from certain websites. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it's come to. Where we, need to we need to block ourselves from, from social media. But no, seriously, I mean, I keep almost all forms of communication on just as quick productivity things that, that I follow. Keep my phone is on do not disturb almost all day. Really? My computer is on do not disturb almost all day. I check email one time in the afternoon um, a day for at most an hour, usually around 4 p.m. or something like that. I never start the day checking, checking email. So I'm uh, curious then just more about the email thing is I've – do you re- do you read an email and then do you reply right away or do you kind of say, well, no, I'll deal with that later? No. So, and that's one of the benefits of checking it once a day is my goal is on there to triage everything, you know, archive everything that's not necessary, but to actually respond to the things that are important as okay. opposed to putting them off. Sure. No, I just, I'm always fascinated by that because I you share the same Anybody that that I know that does exactly what you do tries to deal with email the second they decide or like open that email. They're like, okay, I need to either reply to this person or archive it or or do whatever. And I'm kind of I I check email throughout the day and I know it's kind of a bad habit, but like my OCD is too off the charts to, to not do it. And so I find sometimes though is I read somebody's email and if I'm really tired or it's late at night or something, or I'm not really a morning person. So I find sometimes if I'm like, I cannot um, write back to this person intelligently, I'm going to have to deal with this later. And I know sometimes you don't get back to them for days because you're just like, you forget about it or it's way down in your inbox. So I wish I was way more disciplined like yourself (laughs) and kind of could do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's again, you know, I'll, I'll, probably probably stick with this forever because again i'm only checking it if i'm not too tired to respond to so it's sort of oh, it's, it's okay. this, the strategy sort of uh, you know gets gets rid of a lot of those roadblocks i mean the only the the one thing that i that has been immensely helpful occasionally i don't use it as much anymore but is an application is an ios probably android now too called mailbox yeah 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 and there are there are different forms of the solution now, but basically what it let you do, what it lets you do is delay emails. Um, and so, for example, if you don't need to respond to an email for another week or something like that, uh, you know that it's not necessary to respond to right now. 
you can tell this app, this mailbox app to delay the email for a week. And basically what it does is it removes it from your inbox and magically makes it reappear at the, the time or date that you set. So Yeah, I use uh, Google Inbox does the exact okay. same thing and I use that and I it's they have a snooze thing yeah. and I do that with anything I just like okay I need to deal with this in a week just snooze it to the morning of the day I need to deal with it or it's like if sometimes if I get like airfare or concert tickets or something I yeah. just say like okay the morning of that I need this you come back in my inbox and I'll deal with it then or or you know that's when I need it so I that is really good advice and that has saved me tons of time too and kind of allowed me to delay things the, the yeah. other thing I like, too, is it's just for Gmail. It's called Boomerang, and you can say, I can reply to an email, but I can say, send this in a few hours or days. or like I basically can send it later based on any parameters that I want, and I found that's pretty useful, too. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, so I don't know, just some tools that people can, can use. So Absolutely. maybe let's cover any advice that you, you could give others that want to teach or do a course like yourself. Sure. So I guess the first thing I would say is to just start helping in, in any, any way you can. Um, the, if, if you're interested in, if you're, if you already know you're far enough along that you're interested in building a course or writing a book or something like that, the first thing I would recommend doing is one research to this sure. is a this is a step that a lot of people love to um, skip and just make their dream product that unfortunately a lot of other people may not be interested in. So, first start up by finding finding people that would actually be interested in your idea um, and setting up a simple landing page to to collect email addresses. Uh, but beyond that, in terms of actually writing a book or making a course, it's it's important to know that. That it's a lot of, of work and it will take a significant amount of time. Um, so the biggest thing I can recommend is to create a good outline. And the second biggest thing is what we were talking about before before is to set set deadlines. Um, and then you know you need to you need to really focus on on working on it consistently. When I wrote my first book, I found it really helpful to go off to a coffee shop for a certain time every single day. So for two hours every afternoon, I would go to this coffee shop. Um, and okay. it was helpful It was helpful to not only set those times um, and set that session, but also to go to a different environment because it triggered my brain um, to, you know, now you're here and you're working on, on this project. Sure. So when you went to a coffee shop, did you have headphones or listen to music or anything when you were there or – like, do you kind of zone out a little bit? Because I know some people can't work in kind of a where there's like a lot of stuff going on around them. Yeah, I I almost always use headphones. Okay, um, I listen to music all day nonstop, and I frequently, especially for writing, listen sometimes to. This is a trick from uh, I learned from Ryan Holiday actually. Okay, listen to a single pop song on repeat one for hours on end. Really, and that sounds probably very strange if you've never tried it before but basically what it does is uh, and a pop song that's that's up that has energy it helps one keep you energized but two if you listen to it after a few after a few loops after it's repeated itself a couple times it sort of becomes background noise so it still has those positive energetic effects and drowns out 
you know, other things, for example, coffee shop noise of other people. Um, but you also don't get hooked into the music or the lyrics. Um, it doesn't disrupt your productivity. So that's a, sure. that's a good hack to try. That's interesting because for me, I've heard from other people, they say they, they have to listen to something without lyrics. Okay. Um, for me, I can't listen to, like if a band puts out a new record, like I pay for uh, Google Music and I, you know, their streaming service and whatnot. And so obviously there's always new new stuff coming out weekly. I can't listen to a, a band's new record if I'm trying to do design or I need to really focus. I need to listen to something that I've heard probably thousands of times. Um, and, and then based on kind of what I'm doing, I pick a genre. So like if I'm doing design, I usually like something a lot more like, upbeat and and kind of like a little bit faster sometimes it's like metal or punk rock or something like that for me anyway and then if i'm trying to do maybe even something a little bit more like coding sometimes i i try to think try to listen to something a little bit more mellow but again it needs to be something that i know and i know the artists and i know the albums really well or like you said i can't focus at all because i'm just like oh i gotta listen to the new stuff yeah, absolutely. And if I'm not doing, I don't, I don't always just listen to one song on, on repeat one. Uh, and if I'm sure. not, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, I have to either know the music inside or out, but even, even better is like you were saying is instrumental for me or something in a foreign language tends to work oh, too. Interesting. Um, I never thought about the foreign language thing. Yeah. If you can't connect with, um, a great one is Federico Abuele. Okay. Try that out sometime. Oh. Um, it's all in Spanish. Um, so if you don't know Spanish, then you can't, you know, your brain doesn't doesn't click in with the lyrics. Sure. No, I, I think that's that's really great advice. I, I think I always like to know how other people work. I don't know why it's fascinating to me, but it's just, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm trying to improve my own process. Maybe that's why it's selfish Absolutely. reason. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm always doing the same. I think it's it's really, really interesting to, to hear how other people do things and hear about other people's work habits and stuff. Sure. Well, Alex, sadly, we're out of time. So maybe kind of just in closing the show, let's again um, mention where people can find, um, you know, your sites and your course online. And then maybe if you want to promote any other social media links where people can find you online as well. Sure. So self-taught coders is at self-taught coders, all one word.com. And you can access from idea to launch the online course that we've been talking about from selftalkcoders.com you can click the course item in the main menu and then other than that you can just follow me on twitter my twitter is alex p coleman coleman c-o-l-e-m-a-n perfect well and i'll post those in the show notes so people can just link directly to you from from the website as well perfect but again alex thanks very much for taking the time out of your day to to do this it was awesome and i uh really appreciate you kind of talking openly about everything really and kind of sharing your your story and giving people advice and yeah i look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh we'll talk soon absolutely thanks so much kevin perfect thank you all right take care okay, bye bye thanks for listening you can visit past shows at buildingthefutureshow.com if you're going to the startup expo on february 16th and 17th in fort lauderdale florida and want to record an episode please contact me the music for the show is by Electric Mantra. Check him out at electricmantra.com. Until next time, keep building the future.